Wow, it's good to be with you guys this morning. Super encouraging to spend time with you. Uh, I love coming here. You guys are, are a little more zealous than what I'm used to, amen? And so I'm excited uh, to be able to come. The worship's been amazing. Super encouraged by the worship. Um, appreciate the, the sharing at communion. Uh, definitely um, during the time of worship, I just found myself in tears listening to the lyrics and, and singing the song. And man, I just, uh, I love worshiping God. I love the church. I love what God is doing. I, I appreciate so much uh, Marcel and Karina leading this ministry. They're doing such a fantastic job. So proud of you guys. So grateful for both of you and your friendship and partnership in the gospel. And I just, I love Orange County. I love the church. I love the North OC. I love the Spanish-speaking ministry. I'm so grateful the way that God is building his church. And uh, so indebted to all of you for giving your hearts and your passion to build God's church. So today we're going to uh, dig into a book in Chronicles. So if you can turn your Bibles... Um, to First Chronicles chapter 22, let me get the clicker here, um, there was supposed to be one slide before, there we go. Today we're going to talk about, talk about going after the heart of God, right? Whenever we think about David in the Bible, we know that David was a man after God's own heart, right? We hear that and we go, man, I want to be a man after God's own heart, I want to be a woman who's going after the heart of God. And so today we're going to talk about having the heart to build. And so we're going to be looking in 1 Chronicles 22, verse 2 through 19. So I'm just going to take a, I'm going to take a bunch of time to just read a lot of scripture, okay? So you're going to, we're going to go old school. You're going to have to open your Bible or open up your Bible app. You're going to have to, uh, you're going to, have to follow along because what we're going to look at today is definitely um, almost all God's word, okay? I'm going to say as little as possible. Sound good? Um, I did want to just mention um, what's coming up here uh, on June 5th. Does anybody have any idea what's happening on June 5th? <laughs> that may be happening as well, all right? Uh, but June 5th is our Shavuot special missions offering, okay? Uh, on the calendar, it's Pentecost, okay? So the Greek word is Pentecost. The Hebrew word is Shavuot. We're going to celebrate that together in Orange County at the church building, the entire region, for the first time since I have been here, okay? Since I've been in Orange County, so I'm super excited about that. I'm excited to see what God is going to do. And I envision us coming together, all of us coming into the church building. And we're going to have this amazing time of fellowship. It's going to be incredible. We're going to see people that we haven't seen for a little while. We're going to encourage each other. We're going to spur each other on towards love and good deeds. It's going to be an amazing time. Then we're going to have our, our Shavuot service, and we're going to talk about giving to God. And, and then, you know, the kids will be coming in with their little baskets of grapes and figs, and, and they're going to be dressed up like kids might have dressed you know, 2,000 years ago when this all kind of went down in the Bible, in the book of Acts, as they gathered together to give their offering in Acts chapter 2, 
uh, right before 3,000 people were baptized, they had just given an offering to God. And so that's, we're going to reconnect to history together, and we're going to reenact, in a sense, what happened then. There's going to be, you know, I'm going to be waving the loaves of bread like they did, right? And then, and then people are going to come up after me, and they're going to take the loaves, and they're going to wave it. And some of you will get up there, and you'll be waving the loaves, and it's going to be a lot of fun. We're going to have a great time together. And then we're going to come up by families, and we're going to give our offering to God in the baskets up in front of the building. And then after this is all over and after we've taken our communion and after we've prayed together, and and I'm guessing cried even together, uh, it's gonna be an amazing, amazing time. And then we're gonna have this big meal together. And it's gonna be an incredible celebration of what God has done in our church. And so I'm excited about what we are trying to build. And I hope that you have a wholehearted desire to build God's church. I hope that you have this passion and desire to build God's church, maybe like never before. And so what we see right here in the Bible is we see David's heart. We see his wholehearted desire to build. In 1 Chronicles chapter 22, in verse 2, just a little bit of what's going on. David had just purchased a plot of land, okay? So you have the context of what's happened up to this point. David has just purchased a plot of land. You know, right before that, he had, he had sinned. He had done something that he wasn't supposed to do. He counted his fighting men, giving himself glory versus God, okay? And so he's repentant. He tries to buy a piece of land. He's like, I need to buy this land and, and build an altar to God because I really want to show God that I'm sorry, but I also want to you know, build this altar in it to glorify and honor God. And so he buys this piece of land. He determines that this plot of land will be the ground where they will break ground to build God's temple. And he wants to build this temple for the glory of God. And so we pick it up in First uh, Chronicles 22, verse 2. It says, so David gave orders to assemble the foreigners residing in Israel. From among them, he appointed stone cutters to prepare dressed stone for building the house of God. He provided a large number of iron to make nails for the doors of the gateways and for the fittings, and more bronze than could be weighed. He also provided more cedar logs than could be counted, for the Sidonians and the Tyrians had brought large numbers of them to David. David said, my son Solomon is young and inexperienced, and the house to be built for the Lord should be of great magnificence and fame in splendor in the sight of all nations. Therefore, I will make preparations for it. So David made extensive preparations before his death. You know, I love this passage because here's David, and David is trying to communicate, hey, look, I I know that I'm not going to live forever. In fact, I know I'm going to die one day. And I know that because of the things that I have done in the past, because there is blood on my hands from fighting in the war, God is not going to let me build this temple. But my son, he can build it. And he's excited about preparing and, and supporting, in a sense, the next generation to take on this great task of building something great for God. This was his passion, and this is what he envisioned. As he thought about what this temple would look like, he had a vision of how it was going to be, and he said the house to be built for the Lord should be of great magnificence. 
When, when people come and they see this temple, they should go, wow, this is of great magnificence. And this temple should bring fame to God, not to man, but fame to God. And, and it should be splendor in the sight of all nations. Whenever people of any nation come and see this, they'll go, wow, look at what an amazing God they serve. Look at this amazing God. And I hope that when people come and they see that we're trying to, what we're trying to build in Orange County, I hope they go, wow, this is a great magnificence. You know, this is bringing, you know, fame to God. And this is going to be splendor in the sight of all nations as people come from every nation under heaven. As they gather, they see, wow, something is different here. I hope that's the kind of church you're trying to build. This is the kind of church that we belong to, that God has allowed us to belong to. And we have to have this heart. We have to have this desire to build something of great magnificence for God. To build something that will bring him fame, that will be splendor in the sight of all nations. I love this vision. I love this passion. And I really want us to have that same desire here in Orange County as we try to build a church like that for him. Then he called for his son Solomon. He charged him to build a house for the Lord, the God of Israel. David said to Solomon, my son, I had it in my heart to build a house for the name of the Lord my God, but this word of the Lord came to me. You have shed much blood and have fought many wars. You are not to build a house for my name because you have shed much blood on the earth in my sight, but you will have a son who will be a man of peace and rest. And I will give him rest from all of his enemies on every side. His name will be Solomon. And I will grant Israel peace and quiet during his reign. He is the one who will build my house for my name. He will be my son and I will be his father. And I will establish the throne of his kingdom over Israel forever. That was the heart. That was the desire. He says, now my son, the Lord be with you. And may you have success and build the house of the Lord your God as he said you would. May the Lord give you discretion and understanding when he puts you in command over Israel so that you may keep the law of the Lord your God. Then you will have success if you are careful to observe the decrees and laws that the Lord has given Moses for Israel. Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or discouraged. You know, our young people long to hear those words from the older generation. You know, our older generation needs to hear those words from the younger generation. Sometimes we, as olders, we get older, we can become less strong and less courageous. And after you've had a few defeats, and I've had my share, you know, sometimes you just need the, next, the younger generation to encourage you, hey, keep going. You're doing the right thing. But sometimes our younger generation needs the older generation to say, hey, let me prepare this church so that you can take it over one day and be strong and courageous because the truth is the future of this church lies in the youth. But the youth need the olders, right? The older people. And as the Bible talks about, you know, the dreamers and the, and the visionaries, the older people being the dreamers, 
the younger people being the visionaries, we're all either a dreamer or a visionary. And we need each other desperately to build God's church in a way that would bring splendor to all nations, in a way that would bring fame to God, in a way that would bring great significance in what we're trying to do. God is amazing. God is faithful. But God knows that, hey, you got to be willing to pass this on to the next generation, and that takes preparation. Amen? Verse 14 Um, He says, I have taken great pains to provide the temple of the Lord a hundred thousand talents of gold, a million talents of silver, quantities of bronze and iron, too great to be weighed, and wood and stone that you may add to them. You you have many workers, stonecutters, masons, and carpenters, as well as those skilled in every kind of work, in gold and silver, bronze and iron, craftsmen beyond number. Now begin the work, and the Lord be with you. Now, this is an amazing task. They've put together a treasury, and, and they're asking everyone to give to this treasury, right? And, and so they're saying, hey, we got to prepare. We got to build this temple. We got to build this great thing for God. And, and, and so we're going to put together this treasury, and everyone's going to give to it. And, and, and people were inspired. People wanted to build something great for God. They wanted to build something of magnificence and the sum accumulated in the public treasury and modern money from verse 14. David said, I've taken great pains to provide for the temple of the Lord. You know, these things don't just happen. If we're trying to build something great for God, it doesn't just happen. Nothing great just happens. We have to take great pains to prepare. Amen? And, and as we, you know, get ready to prepare for special missions, I wanted to just prepare our hearts. In June 5th, June 5th is going to come before we know it, right? It's going to come before we know it. So we got to prepare our hearts. We got to prepare our minds. We got to be prepared for that day that we have the right heart when we come in ready to worship God with our giving. But David said, I've taken great pains. And so we, we see that uh, you know, they gave $2.5 billion in modern-day money, in gold. $1.7 billion in silver. So the sum accumulated in the public treasury in modern-day money, $4.2 billion. I think, that, I think they set up the next generation pretty good. I think they set them up like, hey, man, look, we've, we've laid the foundation for you. We've prepared, we've given you absolutely everything you need, more logs than we can count, you know, more stone cutters than we have stones to cut, and and they're fired up, they're excited about it, they're either, you know, he's totally excited, and he says, okay, now, Solomon, this is being handed to you, you know, uh, some say he was 12 years old when it was handed to him, Uh, others, you know, Josephus, a church historian, said he was 14, others will say he was probably 20. Either way, he was young, right? He was young, taking on a great responsibility. My guess is he was given responsibility in phases. And and whatever the case is, he was handed this great responsibility from the older generation to the next generation. I hope that as young people, you have a vision for building something great for God. I hope that as, as the older generation, as the dreamers, that you have a vision to build something great for God. 
You know, for me, when I was a young Christian, I remember being in the Boston Gardens as a six-month-old Christian, and it was the Men Who Dream Conference. And I remember going in there going, what am I a part of? Because I had only been a part of a church in Minneapolis. You know, it was 70 people when I went there. And I was like, we're like 70 people? I mean, it's like, okay, this is a cool church. You know what I'm saying? But I, didn't, I was not impressed necessarily by the church itself or, or you know. But then when uh, six months old as a Christian, I go into the Boston Gardens, which doesn't even exist anymore. Um, and, 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 you know, there's like 13,000 people and we're gathered together and we're sending out church plannings and, and we're like, wow, this is amazing. This is so exciting, so encouraging, right? And, and, and I just... I made a decision that day. I'm going to help build God's church. I was a young guy, maybe 21 years old. I was like, I'm going to, I'm going to invest my life in building God's church for the rest of my life. And I was like, this is so amazing. This is so magnificent. This brings splendor to all nations. This brings fame to God. I hope that you have a vision. I know that for those of us who are going to Orlando, maybe you'll get a chance to see that this summer. You'll get a chance to experience that. But God wants to build something great, and he chooses to work through us. But it takes great pains to build something great for God. It takes great pains, great sacrifices, great passion and heart to build something for God. And so I just want to encourage you guys um, that God is working, God is moving. And, and, and so I just want to quickly move on, if we could, to uh, 1 Chronicles 28. And I do want you to see something about this. Uh, 1 Chronicles 28, in verse uh, 11 and 12, it says, Then David, his son Solomon, then David gave his son Solomon the plans for the portico of the temple, its buildings, its storerooms, its upper parts, its inner rooms, and the place of atonement. He gave him the plans of all that the Spirit had put in his mind for the courts of the temple of the Lord and all the surrounding rooms for the treasuries of the temple of God and for the treasuries of the dedicated things. You know, I love this story because, you know, we go... Was this just David's idea to bring glory to his name? Did he just want to build something great for him or great something, something great for Solomon, for his son? No, he says the Holy Spirit put this on his heart and put this on his mind. You know, the Holy Spirit in the Old Testament works through individuals here and there, not in an extensive way, very few people that we read about in the Bible where the Holy Spirit moved. David was one of those men that the Holy Spirit was speaking to him. But you know what? In the first century in Acts chapter two, we see that the Holy Spirit was given to all people, right? That all of us were given the Holy Spirit. And when you made a decision to repent of your sins and be baptized for the forgiveness of your sins, you also received this amazing gift of the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit guides us and he leads us and he comforts us. And we see that in the book of Acts, you know, the Holy Spirit shows up over 50 times. The main character of the first century church wasn't Peter, it wasn't Paul, it wasn't Apollos, it wasn't Silas, it wasn't Timothy, it was the Holy Spirit. 
God was working, opening doors, closing doors, planning churches, stopping the planning until later, until it was the right time as the Holy Spirit led people to do these things. And God does the same thing today. And every one of you who've been baptized are filled with the Holy Spirit. And the Spirit of God puts things on our hearts and on our minds. What is God putting on your heart? What is God putting on your mind? What is God building through you? I hope that you have a passion to build something great for God because it was clearly an act of the Holy Spirit. You know, we have these same desires today to build something great for God, which is why we, we talk about our special missions you know, I went to churches my whole life. We never did anything like this. But in our, in, in, in our churches, we have, we have done something. We've kind of connected it back to the Old, Old Testament and to the New Testament. And we've, we've tried to, to do what the Bible says because David said, I, I pray that this heart will be something that is in the hearts of God's people forever. It wasn't just for them. It wasn't just, you know, for the New Testament church. It's for us today. This is God's heart forever that we would want to build something great. So when we take our special missions on June 5th, you know, we set a goal of 260,000, which is approximately seven times whatever your weekly giving is, okay? And if you've been around the church like me for over 32 years, you remember the days when the goal was 25 times, whatever your weekly giving was. And, and man, we would come together, we'd sell stuff, and we'd be like, well, let's do this. And we were seeing churches planted, and we were seeing the world changed, and we were like, yes, part of something amazing. I'll sacrifice for this all day long because this is God's heart, and I want it to be my heart. And I'm going after the heart of God. I hope that you feel that way. You know, we're asking the church, hey, on June 5th, take some time to prepare your heart. We're asking you. We're not telling you. It's a free will offering. It's a free will offering. No one's going to go, why didn't you give? I thought you were going to give. No one's going to ask those questions. This is between you and God. It's a free will offering but we hope that you have the heart of God and the heart of David and the heart of the first century church in, a, in an attempt to build something great for God. Amen? So international missions, just so you know where it's going, 140,000 of it uh, is going, 130 of that 140 is going to the now 51 MCA churches. So you know, in, in a time of the pandemic where many things shut down, somehow in Mexico and Central America, they just kept planting churches, okay? And they were baptizing like crazy, and they were doing great things for God. So they went from, last year we reported there was 43 churches. Now there's 51 churches, okay? So some of those were additional plantings. Some of them were just, we didn't count well, okay? And so I'm just going to be honest with you, but, but 51 churches, that we are supporting in Mexico, Central America. We're sending them 130000 and we have uh, one church in Mongolia, and we're sending them $10,000 this year. Uh, then for the Pacific Southwest and, and Tijuana and, and local missions work, we're, we're setting aside $68,000. So um, we had uh, 
we had um, John Oakes come out to our church service in the Central last week, and he talked about the church planting in Merced. And he's all excited. He's like, whoa, we're going to go to Merced. We're going to plant a church. It's amazing. He's already bought a house. And he's like, it's me on the mission team, and it's my wife, and that's it. And, and, and so he's like, who wants to come to Merced? And he said, hey, by the way, houses are... You know, you can buy a house in Merced for $300,000 So, uh, if you're interested. You know what I'm saying? And, and he's trying to send this pitch to the church, but he's, you know, he's like, hey, this UC Merced is going to be the biggest UC school in all of California. And, and he's casting this vision of, hey, come on out and help us build something great. You know, we're going to be supporting that effort just as we supported Flagstaff being planted last year. And just as we supported the Hilo uh, campus mission team being planted last year. And so $10,000 will go to support that along with all the rest of the churches in the Pacific Southwest helping with that. The TJ Center of Hope that Martine has done such a fantastic job. And if any of you have been there, I think I've been there three or four times now. Every time I go there, I'm more and more inspired. What God is doing in building something amazing uh, to help the community to reach out to the and cater to the 270 orphans in that area to provide dental care and and meals and and just uh, an opportunity to learn and grow and and I'm so excited about what God is doing and that's your you know when we brought up we brought a bunch of the teens out from the from the region. And, uh, you know, the teens, we were up on this hill and we're doing this lesson and it was really epic, like, look over the hill and you can see, you know what I'm saying? And the teens were fired up and they're like, you know, this is our missions money at work. And I was like, yes, you made the connection, you know? I was like, you see it, you can see the vision. And, and I hope that we have a vision for what God is doing uh, as we partner with the church in Tijuana and San Diego uh, to build something great for God. The I Was Hungry program, you know, it, it feeds the 25, it feeds 25 very poor families in, uh, in Tijuana. And it's providing, you know, for those who can, English as a second language. And so I, I'm super encouraged where we're, you know, us supporting those families. Uh, and then Orange County local missions work. We're trying to figure out, you know, this money used to be used for Coastline because, we, you know, he mentioned that we started Coastline. Coastline has now grown up to about 70 members, and so it's now self-supportive. It, it doesn't need us to, to send them any more money. And so um, we, we're like, let's set that money aside for some other kind of local mission work, you know, with... Um, with Orange County, and then the Strength and Weakness Ministry for those who've been a part of some of the things we've done for the Strength and Weakness Ministry. We're trying to, we're trying to really, you know, meet the needs. You know, there's so many questions that come up when we talk about LGBTQ and different issues like that, and we want to be sensitive, but more, even more than that, we want to be spiritual in how we approach it. We want the Bible to be the standard and so we support that mission effort as well as we really strive to help our church continue to grow in awareness and understanding and sensitivity to the issues that are happening in our world, but also to the convictions that God has about them. Make sense? Um, ESL, you know, English for Disciples and MCA, 15,000 for that. You know, we're, we're, we're you know, for, for a, a disciple in, uh, in Mexico, to learn English, um, they can increase their giving by three times. 
I mean, I'm not their giving, excuse me, their, their income, what they are able to receive for a job by three times, which then makes us not have to give as much and we can start putting our money toward different mission efforts because the church is becoming self-supportive. We're trying to help the church to be self-supportive. Amen? Uh, and then, of course, our, our weekly giving is in that. So that's, that's where the $260,000 number comes from. And again, that's based on about seven times whatever your weekly giving is. But I do want to encourage you to be aware of what we're trying to accomplish, what we're trying to do. Uh, this is all for the glory of God. Amen? This is all for the glory of God. We want God's name to be famous. Amen? We want God to show off in Orange County and do great things, you know, for his great name. Amen? So that's kind of where we're at. What is... What has been the return on investment of our missions giving? Uh, since OC was planted by the San Diego Church in 1989, the OC Church has, has either planted or helped financially support 100 plus church plantings with our missions giving. Okay? So we're making a difference. You know, that, that translates into over 17,000 disciples who've been influenced by your generosity, and that doesn't even include our own Orange County region, okay? God is using you, your investment in building God's church has not been without effect. And God has been, you know, working powerfully to build something magnificent for his name. Amen? You know, we see a wholehearted willingness in the Bible. As we look in 29... Uh, verse 1, it says, Then King David said to the whole assembly, My son Solomon, the one whom God has chosen, is young and inexperienced. The task is great because this palatial structure is not for man, but for the Lord God. Again, we're not doing this for men. It's for the Lord God. Amen? With all my resources, I have provided for the temple of my God gold for the gold work, silver for the silver, bronze for the bronze, iron for the iron, wood for the wood, as well as onyx for the settings, turquoise, stones of various colors, and all kinds of fine stone and marble. All of these in large quantities, besides in my devotion to the temple of my God, I now give my personal resources of gold and silver for the temple of my God over and above everything I have provided for his holy name." 3,000 talents of gold, golds of Ophir, and 7,000 talents of refined silver for the overlaying of the walls of the buildings, for the gold works and the silver works, and for all the work done by the craftsmen. Now, he says, who is willing to consecrate themselves to the Lord today? He says, look, I'm going to set the example, okay? I'm not going to ask you to do something that I don't do. He says, in my devotion, I'm doing this. You know, I will give my personal resources he says, the task is great, but I want to provide my resources. As the leader, he understood he needed to set the example. And then he says to the people, now who, now who is willing to consecrate themselves to the Lord today? And then he calls those people as well. And so I, I look at this and you know, I didn't put the numbers up there, but David personally willingly gave this free will offering um, $82 million in modern-day money of his. It's pretty good, right? I don't, I don't expect any of us to do that. Uh, maybe Marcel can do that, but I, the rest of us, I don't know. I it wasn't gifted by God that way. So uh, anyways, um, it was $12 million in silver. Uh, in verse 7, you know, the assembled rulers, they gave willing, willingly from their hearts 
uh, they gave 125 uh, million in gold and 17,000 in silver. Um, you know, between the, uh, the treasury given and between the leaders, it was $4.4 billion given, setting up the next generation to build something great for God. You know, I love this. We skip over to verse 9. We skip over to verse 9, and uh, well, well, we'll go to verse 6. It says, Then the leaders of the families and the officers of the tribes of Israel, the commanders of thousands and commanders of hundreds, and the officials in charge uh, of the king's work gave willingly. They gave toward the work on the temple of God 5,000 talents and 10,000 derricks of gold, 10,000 talents of silver, 18,000 talents of bronze, and 100,000 talents of iron. Anyone who had precious stones, he gave them to the treasury to the temple of the Lord in the custody of Jehiel the Gershonite. The people rejoiced at the willing response of their leaders, for they had given freely and wholeheartedly to the Lord. Then David the king also rejoiced. I love how everyone gave willingly. Everyone rejoiced at the wholehearted willingness of the leaders. Again, it's a free will offering, okay? If you're going to give, I want you to give willingly, not, bro, you have to do this. Sister, you have to do this. No, we just want you to get your heart ready so that you can give willingly, amen? Um, Wholehearted gratitude. I love this passage. I'm just going to read this whole thing before I get into it. This is David's prayer, okay? We're going to close it out here with David's prayer. Um, This is convicting to me, okay? This is a man who's in touch with God, a man who's after the heart of God, who knows what he has and where it comes from, okay? And and so we see David praying in uh, verse 10 through 20. It says, David praised the Lord in the presence of the whole assembly, saying, Praise be to you, Lord, the God of our father Israel. From everlasting to everlasting, yours, Lord, is the greatness of the power, is the greatness and the power, and the glory and the splendor and majesty. For everything in heaven and earth is yours. Yours, Lord, is the kingdom. You are exalted as head over all. Wealth and honor comes from you. And you are the ruler of all things. In your hands are strength and power to exalt and give strength to all. Now, our God, we give you thanks and praise your glorious name. But who am I and who are my people that we should be able to give as generously as this? Everything comes from you, and we've only given you only what comes from your hand. We are foreigners and strangers in your sight, as were all our ancestors. Our days on earth are like a shadow without hope. Lord, our God, all this abundance that we have provided for building you a temple for your holy name comes from your hand and all of it belongs to you. I know, my God, that you test the heart and are pleased with integrity and all these things I have given willingly and with honest intent and now I have seen with joy how willingly your people who are here have given to you. Lord, the God of our father of Abraham, Isaac, and Israel, keep these desires and thoughts in our hearts of your people forever. Right up until today, amen? 
Keep these desires and thoughts in the hearts of your people forever and keep your heart and keep their hearts loyal to you and give my son Solomon the wholehearted devotion to keep your commands, statutes and decrees and to do everything to build this palatial structure for which I have provided. Then David said to the whole assembly, praise the Lord your God. So they all praised the Lord and the God of their fathers. They bowed down, prostrating themselves before the Lord and the king. You know, I love this passage. I love this heart. I love this prayer. I hope that as we walk away today, that you can pray this prayer yourself. Sometime, hopefully multiple times, between now and June 5th, to really get this heart, to understand that we're going after the heart of God. And, 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 you know, he says, with a wholehearted gratitude, wealth and honor comes from you. Verse 13, now our God, we give you thanks. Verse 14, who am I that I should be able to give as generously as this? Verse 16, everything that we have provided for this building, you a temple has come from your hand and it all belongs to you. He understood where the things that he had came from and who they needed to be given to to build something great. For God, we see this wholehearted gratitude, but we also see this wholehearted devotion. In verse 18, he says, keep those desires and thoughts in the hearts of your people forever. He, you know, David was like, God, I, I want our people to have this wholehearted devotion forever. And he says, give my son a wholehearted devotion to God's word. You know, when I think about the next generation, I pray that our next generation... I pray they have this wholehearted desire. But they need the older generation to set this example for them so they know what it looks like. Amen? Verse 20, you know, they had this wholehearted devotion to praising God. You know, today as we were praising God, you know, I could see, you know, those who were leading the worship, you know, and, and many of us here just praising God with a wholehearted desire. We're just trying to build something great for God, amen? None of us are perfect. None of us can do it. None of us can give to the level that any of these people gave, okay? And nobody's expecting you to. We're just saying, give your heart, amen? Whatever we, on June 5th, whatever we decide to give, I pray that it represents your heart for God. Does that make sense? I pray that it represents a heart of worship, and what, you know, when I think about worship, I think communicating to God his worthship to you. Does that make sense? And so I pray that uh, on June 5th, uh, it's a display of your wholehearted desire to worship God. Amen? So this is our heart checkup time, okay? This is our heart checkup time. Are you going after the heart of God with a wholehearted desire to build? Are you going after the heart of God with a wholehearted desire? willingness? Are you going after the heart of God with a wholehearted gratitude? Are you going after the heart of God with wholehearted devotion? You know, today we get a chance to really think about which area is a strength for me? Which area is a strength for me? And, and, and maybe what's a growth opportunity for you as we walk away from today's lesson? Today's lesson, you're going you're gonna to go have lunch and you're going to forget about it, Okay. But hopefully you took some notes or you took some pictures, right? And, uh, and so you can go back and think about this for yourself. But I'm so excited that God has given us an opportunity to belong to his church. 
He's giving us an opportunity to belong to the body of Christ and that we get a chance to bring glory to his name. And so as you reflect on this lesson, ask yourself, am I going after the heart of God? Amen.